Uh, Father God, thank you for this awesome opportunity to come together um, and just learn more about what it takes to uh, to be closer and to uh, lead a church plan. Father God, we are thankful for everything that you've blessed us with, um, the friendships, um, the hard talks, and just uh, the will that we have to to do this for you, Father God. Thank you for everything that you do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. A little discipline there. Uh, so we were talking, as I said before, about uh, discouragement. And discouragement is not fun <laughs> by, by any means. Um, so when we went on the church plant, there were, we studied really quick with some friends of Shannon's and their names were Delathan and Melissa, and they came pretty quickly. And we were excited as adults, you know, that man, adults, you know, are usually the hardest ones ones to reach and, and things, and, and we're doing okay, and then all of a sudden, um, he started talking to me about his wife, didn't want to, you know, she wasn't really sold into this thing, she was upset about some things, and his wife start, stopped coming. Um, then, and he said, no, I'm sold to this thing, I'm going to be here. And then one day, right before cell, he wanted to talk to me. And this was, it was a conversation, me and him, he said, look, I know I, I know I promised things, I said I was going to be committed, but I just got to take care of my family and stuff. And I'm like, Lathan, you don't understand that this is taking care of your family. Your family needs God. This is what, and he's like, I know, and he was, we were both bawling. It was like really sad, and, and that, was, that was a hard blow. You know, realizing that, you know, I was so excited for this. And how is it that, that this happens? And then we had, uh, we were looking for a building. <laughs> and we had this one building come up. And it didn't work out. But we were going to fight the city, but it didn't work. Uh, because the realtor didn't want to fight the owner. Uh, and then we found this other building. And it looked like it was going to work. There was air conditioning in it. There was things that were going to... And it's like, we're excited, you know, we're making, thinking about the decorations, we had committees and, and all and this, and how this is going to work, and we got down to it, and to change the air conditioning to get it to where we thought it, you know, we sought advice about, you know, is this a good enough air conditioner, is this, yeah, this will work, and then the city tells us we can't, and we got bids, and the lowest bid, I think, was $80,000 to refit the air conditioning for, for what the city needed, and we were in a city that was difficult, and 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 there and there are other things that happen, you know, and like like there weren't a lot of people coming, and like our our people were discouraged. So what do you do? <laughs> it was it was a really gloomy, grim time, and the building is still resolved, not resolving itself. I know God's gonna has something to do. Uh, we stopped paying rent, uh, but you know the owner's not happy about that. Our lawyers told us to you know that if this is the case. Uh, and I just went and took the keys back to the owner, and he's and I asked him. I said, "Did you get my letter?" And he said, "Yeah, I did." And he said, "My lawyers are going to respond to your letter." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. There we go. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a lawsuit or you know settlement or something like that." So, so what do you do in the middle of all these things? You know, when things are, you know, it wasn't what it was supposed to be, right? That we're supposed to come in here and we know how to do this thing and it's gonna. And it's going to work out, and all of a sudden, like, all these problems and things are happening. And I really hope you guys don't have a lot of problems. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, you're going to have a lot of problems. There are going to be challenges. 
But there are things that you need to know now that I guess we didn't think or we didn't assume that these things were going were gonna to happen, that other things were going to be involved. So the, what we're going to look at are three wrong assumptions uh, that we, what we made which caused discouragement. And these are things, and you'll see all these lessons that we've been talking about today kind of connect. Uh, but number one is we underestimated sin in the life of our church plants. Sin in the lives of our people that were around us. And let me, t- let me tell you something. Let me ask you something. Is your relationship with God now, is it frail? Are you having problems in your marriage? Are you having a hard time loving other people? Because if you have these problems now, when you go on the church plant, they're just going to get worse. Because on the church plant, it's not you don't have all the people that you know you have in, in Winsville, and you know it's like if you, you know, if you like drop the slag over here, somebody's going to pick it up, and you're going to be it's going to be okay. It depends on us to do those things. That God is looking at us and at you guys to do that. And if you aren't dealing with the things in your lives, like with sin and with your weaknesses, it's going to be much worse. It's like they say in marriage, you know, people think, you know, I'm just going to get married and everything's going to be okay. You remember that? Some of you, when you got married, the things were going to be perfect. And then it's worse than before. How did that happen? Because if you don't deal with things, things have a way of blowing up. And that is what will happen if you don't deal with it. If we... We need to... To talk about the pride that we have. We need to encourage vulnerability. That's going to be one of your big things in your group. To encourage vulnerability. To tell people, look, you need to talk about the things that that are going on. Because if you don't, that's going to be what's going to bring things down. Uh, I wish, poor Max, you know, he's like the example, right? Because, and I am so glad that Max has, you know, changed and, you know, and we had to send some people back. And the reason was that they, there was sin that they weren't dealing with. There was selfishness in the middle of it. There were attitudes that they didn't want, that they weren't being vulnerable about. In Leviticus 26, 19, he's telling them, he says, I will break down your stubborn pride. Believe me. I think it's one of the first things that happens in the church plant. That he's going to break down your stubborn pride. And you know what? That's a good thing. But you know what would be better? As if you start breaking it down right now. Before you get there. If you start being humble and dealing with things before you go there because it's going to make it a lot worse when you get there. In Obadiah 1.3, and I'm getting some word it says, The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, Who can bring me down to the ground? That even though they were having all these issues, they were still prideful and not turning to God and not being vulnerable about the things that they needed to. We need to be vulnerable. I think there's somebody there. Chris. In 2 Chronicles 26, 16, it says, His pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord, his God. 
We can go on and on with passages about pride, right? And that's why I think they put, and like I told you before, Robert probably wishes he had had us read that book before. So you're on the right track. So what you need to, need to do now is be honest. Because there are going to be things that are going to be asked of you that, that, that you're going to realize there, there are weaknesses inside of you that, that they're going to... Those are the things that are going to flourish more. Is this, this feeling in there, right? And why do I have to do this? And why didn't they do their job? And why isn't this person doing what they're supposed to do? And I'm not going to do it if they're not going to do it. And You know these things? And it, it seems like little kids talking, but it's adults in here, and maybe they're not saying it to others, but it is what's... Right? Me and me and TC have had some honest had to have some honest talks. He was talking about connection. Our connection was terrible. And if you have the two the two leaders in the church where their connection is not good, that's that's an issue, isn't it? And we had to sit down and, and go, okay, this is this is ridiculous what we're doing. And and I had to be humble and apologize and say, look, I need to do a better job. And it was very visible to Carrie, to Robert, and they were the ones who came and told me, and it was humbling. And our relationship is better today. And me and TC aren't these buddy buddies, you know. You know, you have those people that you're closer together. But I can tell you, TC was somebody that's come and that has told me things in my life that, that like I was telling them, it's, it was like God's messenger. It's like, man, you need to stop making out with your girlfriend in Walmart because you're a leader and you need to do better. I'm sorry, that's, that's, you know. This wasn't recently, but last week, right? No, this isn't. Oh, but somebody that would come and he wouldn't even look at me in the face because he was, you know. And it's hard to say the hard things like he said, and to do that, it's it's disheartening sometimes. In Habakkuk two four through five, it says, "See, the enemy is puffed up; his desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness." Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest because he is greedy. He is as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. Are you satisfied? Are you content? Because if you're in constant turmoil and complaining about things, then there's... there's if you're never satisfied but with what God has done in your life, and you're, that's going to show... If you're not trusting in Him for the things that you need, if you're complaining about money all the time and how things aren't working out, that's going to show up in your life in the church plant more than it was before. Make sure you are dealing with these things early because there isn't anyone who doesn't struggle on a daily and weekly basis, right? You guys realize that? No, none of you, I'm sorry, I don't, you know, you know, some of you that think that you're holier, you're not looking at one that's holier. I struggle on a daily, weekly basis with things. If you say you don't, then you're lying. And in the church plant, it's going to be even harder. So what we need to do, and I'm talking about you individually, and we're going to talk about personal devotional, devotion next, but individually, you need to be repenting and confessing your sin and, and dealing with it. Because if you don't, that's what's gonna that's what Satan's gonna use. 
Here's, here's something for you to think about. If Satan isn't battling you, and if he's not tempting you, if there's not this struggle in your life, you know what the problem is usually? It's because he already has you. And it's something that you need to remember. In the church plant, he does not want this thing to work out. Do you realize that? You guys are his worst nightmare. Right? Doesn't that feel good, right? We're his worst nightmare, right? Seems like. But you are. Because you're going into an area bringing love and vulnerability and all these things to people that he already had. He does not want to lose them. So what is he going to do? He's going to battle hard with all of you. And it's not it's going to be from the leadership all the way to right to the person that thinks they're the, you know, the lowest. And even with those lowest, he starts separating you from somebody else. He starts breaking that connection. You know the lion, we talk about the lion, you know, he goes after the, you know, the herd of antelope. He doesn't go to the leader. <laughs> Who does he go? He's got a little straggler, right? He's kind of walking kind of at the limpet, and he's going to get that guy, right? Right? He's going slower. That, you know, the, his buddies aren't looking at him. He kind of feels bad about him, sorry for himself, and then make sure that you're not alone because Satan is going to go after you and pursue you hard. It says in 1 Peter 1.7, it says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the, to the whole world. You're going to go through things that are difficult. You can count on it. But if you get discouraged... That's what Satan, that's what his plan is, right? I'll show them church plan. And he just wants to get you alone, not doing anything. But we need to depend on God to strengthen our faith and to build us up. He wants you to make it to the finish line, right? But you have no idea what's in the middle of that. There's a lot that goes on, right? Right? If you've ever done a half marathon or, you know, gone for races or things like that, you know that it's discouraging sometimes, right? When you're going and things happen and I need some water and I need the same thing in the church plant. Another assumption. Assuming that your strengths are what is going to bring you success. Assuming that your strength is what is going to bring you success. Because we're all excited about what we can do, right? And you can be the best singer... If your relationship with God isn't right, it doesn't help anybody. You can be the best at whatever you think you are bad, you're good at. But if your relationship with God isn't working, you're in trouble. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 17, 7 through, uh, through 10. And you've probably heard this passage before. It says, Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, and this is Paul, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Remember this passage? My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast 
all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest, upon, may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. And this is kind of weird, right? I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What does that mean? Does it mean you can just take anything and I'm that dude and you can... Right? You know what I'm talking about. No. He's talking about people being vulnerable and telling people really what's up. Telling people where they came from, what their testimony is, what is real. What did Paul talk about all the time? He was always mentioning how he was this guy that, you know, was terrible and that Christ had to, to come and because of Christ's mercy, he can do the things that he does that he did, right? Not because he's, I'm Paul. Right? We always think, right, Paul is Paul and he's this, this cool guy, right? He was just going in the wrong direction. If he knew what was right, he would do it. No, Paul says he was the worst of sinners. He was going clearly against what God was, was planning for the world. And he talked about that all the time. That was his testimony. What is your testimony? Is it that you're such a great person? Is it that you have all these, <laughs> all these abilities, you know, and, you know, the, the church plan's lucky that they got me. Is that how you feel? I hope you're being, you're being vulnerable. Because believe me, your weaknesses are the things that our people are going are gonna to go, man, that's hell. <laughs> I'll, I'll say some stuff up at, you know, in my sermons that people, I, I, I get some looks, you know. But I'm glad. Because that means they're listening. And they realize we're not a bunch of perfect people that have everything together. Because you're going into the middle of a bunch of people who have problems. And if they don't see that you have a solution for those problems because you've been through it, you're not going to be able to help them. It's not your strengths. Your strengths are your weaknesses. In Hebrews 12, 1-3 it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, remember this? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that, you, that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race worked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Remember that Robert talks about his sexual abuse how often at church? Every Sunday. Every, every single Sunday, right? I'm glad he does because it helps other to re- others to realize that even though you've been through things that are hard, you can still be up there giving hope to people, being excited about what they can go through and what God can do in their lives. And we're not talking about, you know, who came before us? Christ, who humbled Himself, who was the one who could have called the, the armies and let's just be done with this stuff because these humans aren't good enough. But no, He accepted insults. He accepted torture, persecution from the people that should have, should have been bowing down to Him because He is who, who, was, he, is who he is, right? If he went through that, he's telling us, look, you're going to go through similar things. 
And you know what? Paul said that he wanted to share in Christ's suffering. Why? So he could understand what Christ went through. Because if you go through all these sufferings and you still come out and you love people and you want to do what God wants you to do, then you got it, right? And you destroyed what Satan is trying to do. He wants you to think that you're all that. He doesn't want you to use your vulnerability, your, your, your crap from your past. But you go against Him and use those things. Use your weaknesses. Be vulnerable. Third assumption. You can assume sometimes that ministry success is achieved. Right? That we got this. <laughs> it's kind of like feeling like with Lathan and, and Melissa when they came, you know? It's like, see? I'm glad they sent us, right? Because we, we can do this. We got this. That's not always going to be the truth. Who gave you who gave you this ministry? Who gave you your ministry? Everybody understand? God did, right? You, you received it from God. You have this opportunity to do what He is doing, to be part of what He is doing. It's not yours. It's not about you, like I said before. Because sometimes we can get, the, get into this mode that, you know, this worked out and we can tell people things because... I'm, I wish I didn't come here and, and had to tell you about all the mistakes we made. <laughs> right? But if I didn't, it would be about pride, wouldn't it? It would be, be about me and how we got this and how this works. And I'm going to show you, tell you guys about how church plant works. I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to tell you, give you some advice. And the advice is that there's hardship. And even in the times that you felt that you achieved it, that you're there, be careful. Continue being vulnerable. Continue, continue being humble. And that's how God keeps the ministry going. How often do ministries, they get all the way up there and they, they feel that and then don't realize that in the middle there was something that was... And it, it implodes, right? You didn't even know. Why? Because we assume that everything is good, that everything is okay. Assumptions are bad sometimes. Don't let assumptions, thinking that things are the way they are, go after it. Be vulnerable. Talk about who you are. So what... Well, there's this thing. Of, we went to... We went to Atlanta. Um, and there was this guy, and they, they talked about him. Was, I think it's Tom... Is it Tom McGurk? Tom Brown? No, McGurk. I think it was yeah. the... McGurk, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he, he studied with 70 people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He studied with 70 people, and nobody came. <laughs> I know June's looking at me. He's like, oh, my gosh. Nobody got baptized. Nobody got baptized, yeah. Isn't that crazy? 70 people? Where, where would you have stopped? Right? You know, and then you, I'm not, don't tell me. It's like, right? Are you willing to go the distance... Because if you're depending on people coming to Christ for you to be faithful, then you're going to fail. 
Because that's not what keeps us going, right? We should bring people to Christ. That is our mission. But we remember that we do this mission because God sent us. And it's His, it's His work. He's doing the work that's going on. If we take it upon ourselves, and you need to take your sins and deal with your weaknesses and all these things. But if you don't realize that there are some things that, you know, that are going on out there that God's taking care of, that Satan's fighting you for it, and he's, he's going to fight you tooth and nail. If, you're not, if we don't realize that's the reality, then we're going to fail. Take it from people who have failed in several things. I'm not, like I said, we're not speaking, we're not here speaking out of, you know, out of strength. And, and I wish I knew more. And I think Robert did, you know, I, re- I think Robert did mention things. <laughs> you know, this is going to be hard. What are you talking about? Right, it's, it's okay, good man, right? It's, it's a, we, we got this, right? When they told me the people that were going on our church plant, man, I thought that was the dream team. Except for me, I was like, this poor dream team, right? That's what I thought. But then I was looking at those guys and they, people who had been in campus and people that I knew and I was excited about it. And then what happened? But the cool thing is, is that I believe we learned a lot from that. And I also learned from the hearts of, of our people there. That they're in this for the duration. That they're in there and they want to they want to go and they've been vulnerable now and they, we've had to be vulnerable and we're still there we've had, we've had more baptisms just, just re- recently which were exciting and then we had some other people leave and guys if you've been in church long enough you know this is going to happen and I asked Robert, I said Robert how do you do it? I sat down with Robert and read it I said you've been in church for, for years and years and years how do you deal with people leaving? How do you deal with the discouragement? And he said, Ben, you can't really think about it too much. You just got to realize that God has a plan and you keep going. And because they kept going, how many of you are here, right? So when you get out there and you start feeling discouraged because things aren't going exactly how you thought they should be, remember where your faith is. Remember what you're supposed to be anchoring yourself on. It's not in yourself. It's in God and what He can do. So, some, some practical ways, just things that, that I put here of combating your discouragement. Just relying and depending on God. Not depending on yourself. Surrendering to God. Making sure that... What is it to surrender to God? What do you surrender? Everything. Right? Whatever's in there. Don't keep don't keep that a little bit for you, right? Oh, this my financial thing is my my life, this thing is mine, and my career. It's all God's. Make sure you surrender everything to Him. And the last thing is having redeeming relationships. Redeeming relationships, the relationships that make you change. Those relationships that are all about being buddy buddy and like just because we, we like to play disc golf together or so or whatever it is that your, your thing is, right? Those aren't redeeming relationships. The people who are going to be the best for you are the ones who have the courage to tell you the truth. And when you learn to have those relationships, you're going to have them with people outside. 
And that's how they're going to come because they see that in you. Questions? I'm going to get questions. Number one Does hardship make you doubt God's plans and personal care for you? Does, does hardship make you doubt God's plans and personal care for you? And that seems, seems like a yes or no question, but elaborate. <laughs> elaborate on how you do that. Number two, do setbacks stop you in your tracks and distract you from your purpose? Do setbacks stop you in your tracks and distract you from your purpose? And because we want this to be practical, so what are things that you can do to change that are going to help you to combat discouragement? I want you to really think of the things that you can do, and maybe you'll get examples from other people in your group that are talking about it. Maybe say, look, I'm going to use that one. But if you don't have a plan now, when you go out in the church plant, it's going to be hard. And I'm not here to discourage you guys. You guys got an awesome thing that you're doing out there that you're going to do. But if we're unaware that discouragement is going to happen, then we're caught, you know, then, then we don't have an action plan. So make sure you're dealing with it now.